Central Florida, it's Pebo Bryson. Baby, can you stop the rain? Double Grammy and double Oscar Award winner, Pebo Bryson, performing live at the third annual Apopka International Jazz Festival, Saturday, March 25th, at the beautiful Apopka Amphitheater, hosted by world-renowned saxophonist Kim Water, along with urban keyboardist Kayla Water and jazz violinist King of String, Ken Ford. Pebo Bryson, live. For complete details, log on to ApopkaInternationalJazzFest.com. Unique, yet common-sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, we are going to do our first-ever remote on-location edition of the podcast as we are plausibly live at Joker Martian Stadium prior to the Orioles and Tigers getting underway on a Sunday afternoon. And joining me on this week's show, my baseball guys... Jay Cresswell and Joe Finger are here, and also we have a cleanup hitter joining us uh, in the uh, baseball version of the show. Charles Griesmer is here as well. So, gentlemen, uh, you know this is nothing like carpool karaoke. <laughs> no singing. But we are in the we are in my car uh, recording this uh, podcast. So uh, let's uh, let's talk a little baseball. I think we'll go kind of go around the horn sure. as we sit uh, in this. Uh, 19, uh, 19, 19, 20, 22 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> that was your other Corolla. <laughs> yes, that was the other one. So anyway, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit of baseball before we decide to go in and enjoy the festivities this afternoon. So let's uh, talk first uh, pitch clock because that's already had some uh, interesting yep. impact on uh, on baseball in the first couple of days. Uh, so Yesterday, I guess the Braves game ended with the batter not getting in the box in time, so... He was out. He's out. <laughs> Wasn't there, like, bases loaded? Yes. 3-2 uh, yes. yes. pitch, tie game, yeah. bottom, bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth, yeah. yeah. You're- yeah, but in the time of Yeah, so <laughs> I was interested to see because you know they've plaus- you know they've they've kind of done pitch clock in spring training, but very loosely yes, uh, yes. enforced. And now we have real enforcement. Will they continue to enforce it this way? I mean, by the letter of the the rule, they should. But uh, the one thing I like about it is okay, batter get in the box, no fifteen yeah, second uh, like glove changing. <laughs> I would think they want adjusting to yourself. be pretty tight on this in spring training. Yes. Get them used to it. If they're loosey-goosey in spring training, what do you think is yeah, going to happen when the, the regular season, regular season start starts? Forcing. We've had this discussion before on the podcast. You know, I've always said if they're going to change rules, they should start at the high school level so that people are used to it by the time they get here. Well, we haven't been able to do that, but the best way to do that is to enforce it from day one in spring training, and we've already seen two instances of it in one day. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the fact that uh, it just now is very reliant on the batter being in the box. I mean, that's, uh, you know, did, I'm trying to recall. I know they've tested pitch clock in minor leagues. Have they enforced that on the batters in the minor leagues, I guess, is the question. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I was mainly focused on the fact the pitcher, you know, has yes. got to go into the windup after 15 seconds, and I'm like, oh wait, yeah, yeah. There's a batter responsibility here as well, so I'm I'm anxious to see how that is going to play out and how they're able to monitor that and whether it's you know smooth yes. or whether it's going to be kind of weird at first. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I guess. I think yeah, I'm totally in favor of this. 
but even even despite the confusion and Manny Machado said he's going to start every at bat 0 and 1 because he won't get in there in time. But it, you know, it is a way to speed up the game. And unlike banning the shift, and we might talk about that later, mm-hmm. um, this won't necessarily make the game longer or shorter. Oh wait, it'll make it shorter. <laughs> of course it will, Jay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Did they say it shaves about 20 minutes off on the minor league experiment, yes. which is not insignificant, I think. Yeah, right? but yeah, watching it in spring training in earlier years, only really thought about it towards the pitcher, not these batters getting timed out. Right. So, yeah. That was big yesterday. Yeah, and I guess they've had some two-and-a-half-hour games so far in a very small sample size yep. of spring training so far. So, uh, okay, Jay, you did bring you did bring it up, the shift, and the, <laughs> the banning of the shift, and I guess... My first takeaway on that is I think we're finally going to see a multitude of 300 hitters again. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, last year, how many 210 hitters were there? And Joey Gallo might actually hit 200 this year. (laughs) (laughs) The twins. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) No, and we've discussed this again in the past on the podcast. I hate banning the shift. It just, one, I'm a purist. But two, if you can't hit the ball the other way, why are you in the major leagues? All right, that's just me. I understand. So, we want to make speed the games up. So, what are we going to do? We're going to make it easier to get more hits. So, this will slow the game down, and perhaps it'll be a wash with the pitch clock. <laughs> yeah, wash. I was waiting for that. That's, yes. a, that's a good point. But we want more action. Isn't this for the casual yes. fan? Baseball, yes. you know, new generation attention spans. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Over the years, we're purist. You know, we, we're fine the way it is, but there's a lot of folks out there. It, it's too long. There's not enough action. There's too much guys standing around yeah. and throwing over to first base. So I, I get it yeah. from a you know purely marketing or brand standpoint. So let's let's see what happens. I'm I'm ready to embrace it. Yes. Let, let's let's give it a go. I might well, like Jay it. Said you got to learn hit the other direction, and now you got to double or triple because they're all out in right field. <laughs> Yeah, I and and this also is a repeat of of previous stuff that we've talked about. But I just go back to you know looking at Tony Gwynn and Rod Carew and George Brett. They yeah. would have they would have had smirks on their face coming up to the plate yes. if they saw a shift. Loving yeah. it, loving it. <laughs> so Tony Gwynn could have gone O for eleven hundred ninety nine at the end of his career and still been a career three hundred hitter. Yeah, <laughs> a true fact. Yes, exactly. Yes, no truer words have been spoken. So yeah, uh, again, I'm with you, Jay. I, I think the manager losing that right to do that is, uh, you know, if you want to put seven guys in the outfield, go ahead. You know, yep. if, if that's what you want to do. Uh, I find it interesting that you know, you look at uh, pitchers because you know, I wonder how they feel about the shift going away because. I've seen often when guys would uh, hit, you know, where where the shift was taken away from, yeah. and the pitchers would go ballistic. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, and that does that not affect where the location of where the pitchers are throwing the ball now? You know, before if they had the shift on against the lefty, chances are they were going to jam a lefty or pitch outside to a righty to force them to hit that way. Does it change how they approach a batter now? Now that they can't shift, I think almost certainly it does. There has so, to be an, an adjustment, but that's part of the beauty of the game. Yes, as well. You know the nuance: individual pitcher versus batter, from pitch to pitch. Looking at this, you know the infield 
alignment, but they can get casual fan, maybe not really thinking in yeah. those terms, but we can appreciate yeah. that. Because we're not casual fans. Yeah, you know, Braves first baseman Matt Olson got a hit where he would not have got a hit yesterday. Yes. <laughs> just, just exactly how, how they uh, scripted it. So. Well, Joey Gallo was two for two. He's batting a thousand, and uh, I don't know if it's That's because he, hit, hit, you know, he pulled it through or not, but we'll take it. He's yeah, done. All right, so uh, tell me what you think of this story uh, that uh, happened yesterday. Um, and I'm trying to read, so is, is it Marmel, who is the manager for the Cardinals? Yes. Uh, so he went to shake C.B. Buckner, uh, umpire on extraordinaire's hand yesterday, uh, tried to make amends for a big argument they had last year, and Buckner blew him off. And that is, to me, that has to be untouched not tolerable in any any way shape or form and of course you know cb buckner you know he's in the angel hernandez land of 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 umpire uh, stuff and you think okay does the umpires union have some sort of grandfathered in thing for guys like that that are such terrible umpires but they're still employed well the d stands for dimwit let's (laughs) right now Wow, I don't know. They're really carrying a lot of anger or a grudge there, I guess. That's too, too it's bad. It's immature. Yeah. yeah, you got to show sportsmanship and let it go. Yeah, he came out to apologize. Come yes. on. And it was yeah. last year. Yeah, it was yeah, last year. It wasn't like it was like last week. And can you consider, you know, should C.B. Buckner be allowed to umpire a game with the Cardinals based on yesterday's based actions? Based on his actions. Yeah. I don't know. A fair question, I think. I don't know. Well, and here's the thing. If... The manager goes off on the umpire after the game. He gets fined and/or suspended. What What does the umpire do? <laughs> They're not allowed to talk after the game, mm-hmm. and so we don't know what goes on in their minds and in their heads and what they're saying to other umpires. And now they have the protection of, you know, the we call it the Angel Hernandez clause, <laughs> where you can be incompetent and keep your job. It's 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 a one way street, and it's just not right. Yeah, I yeah I keep going back to guys like Angel Hernandez and C.B. Buckner, and it's like everybody sees it. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I show it nightly on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you know uh, I hear broadcasters, uh, you know, uh, you know, team broadcasters that are just you know roll their eyes at this guy yes. and how you know how the how these guys continue to still still be at the major league level. Annoys me. <laughs> tenure. It's tenure. It's right? tenure. <laughs> yeah, they can't. You, how do they? I know they evaluate these guys. Are they really can't do anything about it? What's the deal? Or do they? <laughs> I don't know. Or do you, you're right. That's another question. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I don't know if you're a player and you're batting yeah. 137, like yeah. like a Miguel Sano. Everybody knows you stink. How about the umpire? Yeah, you're gonna go. <laughs> I, any other profession, even even teaching, it, yes. which is where I am, at some point. At some point, you, you, you know, you've got to have a basic level of competency. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to laugh hysterically if C.B. Buckner is umpiring in today's game. <laughs> that, that would be ironic, wouldn't it? Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, our respective teams. And, uh, Joe, uh, Carlos Correa is back after nearly signing with every team in Major League Baseball. We have, <laughs> yes. Uh, we were talking about that heading to the ballpark today. Uh, the Twins actually made him a really good offer early on. They offered him 10 years, about $300 million, which for the Twins, that's astronomical, that's unprecedented in the history of the uh, Minnesota franchise. I think he definitely wanted to go to San Francisco or New York, a different team. 
dump the twins and then he got dumped a couple of times and here was that oil franchise waiting with open arms but they ended up getting him with uh, a six-year contract yeah they did they got they gained on this but he's still going to make over uh, i think pro rat about 30 something million a year over the lifetime of that contract but you know as a twins fan we're glad to have him back i mean he's well liked he's a great player. uh and adds a, adds a lot of, of um, leadership to that team and so there's a lot of optimism in twins camp as there usually is uh, this year uh, the big factor for the twins guys this year will be the health of some of their key players right. they had a ton of boss time last game. year I think second in the major leagues last year in terms of time spent on the DL from various uh, position players and pitchers but they've got a lot of guys coming back they're healthy right now they've got great depth in the starting pitching now they don't have a Justin Verlander or a, a Garrett Cole type player but they've got a lot of depth they've got some uh, live arms in the bullpen They've got Correa. Hopefully, Buxton is going to be healthy this year, and some good young players coming up. So, and they're in the AL Central. That helps a little bit. Yeah, as Cleveland's well. the only competition. That, yep. And uh, so we'll see. I mean, right now, I, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism if you're a, a Twins fan. All right. But we shall see. Okay. Well, Jay, we talk about the Pirates a lot. Of course, Charles is a Pirate fan. Let, love let love the Clemente. The Pirates. Love the Clemente jersey. That's awesome. Don't talk Pirates. Yeah. I'll talk Rangers. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's fair enough. So. Charles, give, give me your lowdown on the Pirates for this year. You always start with a glimmer of hope, even though we know it's, it's Pittsburgh and our owners don't spend any money. But it's neat to have Andrew McCutcheon back this year and the nostalgia of him being back. Hopefully he can put some you know, butts in the seats, get their attendance up, and uh, and have a good season and help them. You know, maybe we'll have one of those seasons like we had three or four years ago where up to the All-Star break, hey, we were in it. <laughs> Had a glimmer of spark till we started fading. So, yeah, I felt bad watching the Pirates last year with the pitching because the pitching looked very decent last year, yep. but they just didn't have support. Yeah, yeah no depth, no depth. And they added a ton of depth to the bullpen this year. We shall see. And they literally have seven guys who can be starters. Mind you, we're talking number four or five in the rotation, but there's some depth there at least that was never there. Yeah. All right, so you're going to take the Rangers as as yes, a team as team B with a hmm. I think, I think they signed a pretty good pitcher. Yes, <laughs> if he doesn't pull any more ribcage muscles in his first warm up, he'll be fine. Here's the other thing: the Rangers, you know, Bob and Ray are the owners. They're not the comedian <laughs> from the 40s. Okay, what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, and they're the owners, and they have buttloads of money. You know, they have money to compete with the New Yorks and the Bostons and the L.A.s and things like that. But they generally choose not to. And last year, they finally removed John Daniels as the general manager and put Chris Young in there. They kicked John Daniels upstairs before they fired him. And then they put uh, Chris Young in there as the general manager. And they went out and signed Corey Seager to a bazillion-dollar contract. And then they did the same at second base. And then they decided finally to part ways with people like Joey Gallo and people that had been on the Rangers roster for years but had, frankly, either worn out their welcome or just weren't doing it. And so now they've decided to load up on pitching like crazy. Uh, they've made some trades in catching and third base. And, you know, they traded Kiner Falefa to the Yankees last year but got some good returns for him. So I think they're not only willing to spend the money, they're willing to create some depth. Now, all that said, at best, they're the third team in the AL West. 
at best. Mm. Um, I think, though, they'll put some butts in the seats and, uh, you know, there, there's hope now, at least, and before there was the owners don't care. All right, so uh, I, of course, the Braves fan in the car and uh, feeling optimistic. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, we're just uh, jealous. That's yeah. 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 Right. Uh, you know, uh, It'll be interesting if, if they get Mike Soroka back. Yes. Uh, you know, Ian Anderson, you know, this is kind of a make-or-break year for him. He pitched great in the postseason a couple of years ago, but yet last year was a monumental disaster for him. Yes. And, uh, you know, they, they say he's bringing a slider into this year, so we'll see uh, where he goes with that. A fully healthy Ronald Acuna will make a lot more difference, I think. Yes. I, I think the fact that he stole almost 30 bases last year uh, coming back from knee surgery was pretty remarkable. Uh, Ozzy Albies was hurt a lot, and of course now they got to replace Dansby Swanson, uh, which uh, they are going to go with uh, Grissom, the, yes. the the rookie who played well when he came up last year. He did fade, uh, and of course they have uh, uh, you know great talent in Michael Harris in center field, yep. uh, and they've got these guys locked up uh, for a yeah, number they, of years. Team favorable deals, yes, very relatively speaking, yes, very favorable. We're not talking Dodgers money here, no, <laughs> no, but they, uh, but they. They're getting these guys signed early, yep. uh, and you know they, they and they continue to perform. You know the the future looks bright for uh, several years. But uh, uh, best thing about you know you know you know Joe and I were talking early on the drive over here. I can't believe going to a game in February. Yes. <laughs> it feels yes. kind of weird, <laughs> but it feels like June uh, with the temperature outside. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the best part about you know this time of year is the. It's all O and O. Yes. Lots to look Everybody's forward to. Yeah. Yep. We'll see a lot of players, and some people will file away. This guy's going to be good later on, and that's the best part about spring training. Yeah. So, Jay, what is your itinerary this week uh, as you come in from Texas for your annual pilgrimage? Uh, Monday is Bradenton. Tuesday is uh, Palm Beach. Yep. Wednesday, I'm taking a day off to dog sit for some friends. Uh, Thursday's Dunedin. Friday is Sarasota for a night game. And Saturday is Clearwater. Wow. Other than that, I'm not doing any baseball. Right. <laughs> nice. And Charles, you're catching up with him on yeah. part of this leg? And Tuesday, I'll be with him in Roger Dean Stadium seeing the Cardinals. Cardinals and the Nats. Okay. And Joe, you have plans uh, uh, for your twins? Two, two weekends out. Uh, Hammond Stadium, also known as the. Uh, Lee County Sports Complex, home of the Minnesota Twins, hosting uh, their neighbors from the other side of Interstate 75, the Boston Red Sox. So Twins and Red Sox in two weeks. I always look forward to that. My wife's a lifelong Red Sox fan, having grown up in Cambridge. Of course, I'm a lifelong Twins fan, so that's always fun. Do you guys get along during games? We do. She likes likes the Twins, but I mean, they're nice. She loves Joe Maurer. We still talk about Joe Maurer. Oh, my God. That's because he was from Orlando. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm hoping to get to Northport to see the Braves. I've not been to their new spring training uh, site. great. I was there the year of the pandemic early in that week, and I was supposed to go this Wednesday, but I'm dog sitting instead. Um, And it may be the nicest facility in Florida. Oh, wow. Okay, well. It's just gotta unbelievable. Go. I'm hoping to work out plans. I did see when we uh, walked up to the stadium here earlier that uh, Braves will be here on the 22nd. Good. So I may have to make a, a return trip to Joker Merchant Stadium, Publix Field. Uh, the uh, oldest uh, 
longest tenured spring training facility in Florida. Yeah, I thought, I, thought I was wondering about that. Yes, I knew it had to be near the top, when right? When we get inside, you'll notice that the people there are also the oldest. <laughs> no, we've already started to notice that, just meandering around outside here. Yes, yeah. Exactly. So I'm wondering, you know, this is kind of the outlier yes. right now. How long, you know, can they can they maintain stand here, the Tigers? That's uh, I don't know, because, you know, they lost Disney and Kissimmee and Plant City. That was years ago. Yeah. Um, so the closest team to here is probably the Yankees in Tampa. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, I, I guess as long as people are willing, you know, Baltimore they came up from Sarasota. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's just so traditional though, and they're so ingrained in the community here. But we all know it's a business at the end. Yeah, yeah. they'll come over to the East Coast to make our sixth team and yeah. join the Mets. The Mets are by themselves in their state. Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask you. So you know, you know, is that is the East Coast in good shape? Is it sustainable? Uh, well, we with... batted the Nationals and uh, Astros about five, six years ago. Yeah. Probably longer than that. Yeah. yeah. When we built their stadium, and that's twenty minutes from Roger Dean, which is the Marlins and the Cardinals, and then. Uh, the Mets are another 45 minutes up the road, so to get a six team over there would help even out the sides of the state. It really would. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be good. Well, you remember the 80s? Um, Baltimore and the Yankees and the Braves were all down yeah. the East Coast, and then the Indians were going to move into Homestead until Hurricane Andrew took care of that. Mm. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, and then Braves moved, and that started. Texas. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Braves came to this. Uh, Jeff, if you go to Northport, they bought every square acre of land in Northport and are developing all of it. And they must have 16 ball fields there. Ooh. And the park where they play is gorgeous. I was going to say, they're going to build a battery like they did in Atlanta. No, I don't, <laughs> they probably could. Yeah. They, they bought the whole. Oh, speaking of the battery, um, in Arlington, the Rangers built something just like that, and it's called Texas Live. And there's about 20 bars and restaurants in there, many owned by famous people named like Troy Aikman and Pudge Rodriguez and people like that. And it is a huge success. And they copied what the Braves did because Arlington was never a destination. Usually, you know, just like Jerry World there, it just sits out there in the middle of nowhere. Well, Texas Live is there now, and it's rocking on game nights. You know, obviously not as much when there isn't something going on, but there's two ballparks there and a football stadium right there. So kudos to the Braves for pulling that off, but other cities are copying that now. Very yeah. successful. New blueprint. Yep. Who, who knew? <laughs> yep. Who knew at the time? So... Guys, this was fun. I appreciate you, uh, you know, all piling into the car here Thanks to do for this. Having me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so well, let's go watch some baseball. Let's do it. Yeah. Do it. All right. Central Florida, it's Peebo Bryson. Double Grammy and double Oscar award winner Bebo Bryson performing live at the third annual Apopka International Jazz Festival Saturday, March 25th at the beautiful Apopka Amphitheater, hosted by world-renowned saxophonist Kim Waters. Along with urban keyboardist Kayla Waters and jazz violinist, the king of string, Ken Ford. It's an evening under the stars where you'll enjoy incredible music, delicious food and drinks. Along with music lovers such as yourself. It's Bebo Bryson Live. Me and the girls will be right 
there. Saturday, March 25th at the third annual Apopka International Jazz Festival. Gates open at 4 p.m. For complete details and tickets, visit ApopkaInternationalJazzFest.com. Sponsored in part by United Arts of Central Florida, Orlando Health, Florida Blue, and Tito's Handcrafted Vodka. Get your tickets now. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.